Good morning, Lift Church. It is so good to be here with you this morning. If you haven't met me, my name is Adam, and I'm so blessed to serve as the youth director here at Lift Church. And although I've been spending Wednesday nights with all of our youth online, this is my first chance to get to hang out with you on Sunday mornings as well. And let me tell you, while there is nothing that I would love more than to be able to gather with you in person and see all of your lovely faces, we have the incredible gift of being able to worship together online and we are so so thankful that you've chosen to worship with us this morning. As we get started here we'd love for you to go to liftchurch.info and fill out one of our connect registers. It's a great way to connect with you but also more importantly at the bottom of those connect registers we have a place for your prayer requests. We know that these are incredibly difficult and challenging times for all of us. And I know if you're anything like me, your heart has been burdened over the state of our world and what seems like a season that is never going to end. We wanna join you in lifting up your prayer requests to the Lord and know that every prayer request that gets put down is prayed over repeatedly during the week. So if there's something that is heavy on your heart that you want prayer for, we'd love to join you with that and send those prayers up to the heavens to a God who is gracious enough to hear them. Also on our connect register at livechurch.info, you'll find a place where we can give online. We know that this season is difficult for everyone, but we need your cheerful giving now more than ever during these times, particularly as we look for the best ways to bless our communities and bring Christ to people that desperately need it in these times. We praise God as he's continued to be so faithful to us. And we want to thank all of you that are joining here in the ministry of Lift Church this morning. We have an incredible opportunity to not only participate in church here this morning online, but also to continue to be the church to everyone that we can impact around us. How incredible and amazing is that? As we jump into our worship service today, I just want to say, again, I'm so glad that you've joined us. And I'm going to start us off in prayer before we move right into worship and then hearing a message straight from the Word of God. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you've provided people with the skills and intellect and technology to develop amazing inventions like the internet, where we can gather together on a Sunday morning, even when we are not all in the same place. Lord, I just pray for everyone who's had a heavy heart this week or a heavy heart this season, that here in this time, in this place, even though they may only be sitting in front of a computer screen, that they can feel comforted and loved by your eternal and enduring love. Lord, we pray for each and every person that knows you and that is getting to know you even more and those that want to get to know you in the future, Lord. We're so thankful that the internet and our online worship service has provided us an opportunity to continue to connect and pursue you with every single thing that we've got. Lord, we love you so much, and we're so thankful for what you're doing here in Rochester, online, and most importantly, in your global church, as we all step forward together to fight for your name, and most importantly, to give you all of our praise and worship that we possibly can. Lord, in your heavenly name we pray. 
Amen. So good to see you at Lift Church. We're going to go right into a time of worship.
Hey, Lift Church, so good uh, to be with you again another Sunday, and um, as we open up our Bibles uh, and get into the book of John, John chapter 20, I just want to encourage all the kids to maybe go find a Bible storybook or their own Bible if they're in elementary, and open the Bible with us to chapter 20 of John. We're almost to the end of the book. We're in a series called That You May Believe, and Believing in Jesus Christ is the most important decision you'll ever make. So we want you to have that moment. If you haven't had it yet where you believe Jesus for the first time as Savior, as Lord, uh, to take away your sins, to forgive you of your sins, we pray that you will have that moment today. So uh, that you may believe having the moment. Uh, today we're going to talk about time with Jesus, but I want to open up to the passage and just read it straight off. So John chapter 20, verse 19. John chapter 20, verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, the religious leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Can you imagine seeing the Lord, him proving that he's alive, raised from the dead? It's crazy. Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. This is our spiritual food for today. I want to start with this. Um, having the moment, uh, you can have that today. Um, it might start with you having some time with Jesus. So um, time with Jesus changes everything. And you see that these disciples have just a brief time with Jesus here on the night that he was raised from the dead. Um, Resurrection Sunday. Do you see it there in verse 19? On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. So that's really the setup. So let me set up this message just a little bit. Um, there was fear. The doors were locked. And they were fearing the Jews, the religious leaders of the day, because they had killed Jesus, and they thought that they might be coming to kill them. So I think this is the third time I've preached on fear in the last month or so. Um, and so you can go back and look at uh, on March 15th, Facing Your Fears. Um, on April 5th, we preached Faith Over Fear. Um, I don't know, God has us right back on this topic of fear. And the word there, fear, in the scriptures is phobia, phobia. And so I just printed out the definition because, again, kids, uh, you know, we kind of, if you're like me, I'm just like, what does that mean? So this fear, this phobos, this Phobia is panic, it's flight, it's terror, it's trembling, it's dread. Um, 
And uh, here's, here's the definition of phobia. A persistent, irrational fear of a specific object, activity, or situation that leads to a compelling desire to avoid it. All I can think of when I say that is the coronavirus. And we all want to avoid it. <laughs> we all don't want to get it. And at some point, we've had fears and uh, have tried to not be scared, but have honestly had fears that, man, this could uh, come to our house. This could cost me a loved one. This could uh, hurt the ec- economy and, and the uh, my job or my money. And so um, I guess I want to say it this way. Um, what are you afraid of right now? I know we've talked about that a couple of times. Maybe just put uh, some time into thinking about that. What are you afraid of, church? What are you afraid of, Steve? And I know I've shared my fears with you before, but this is really pointed. They were behind locked doors. What is it that you're locking the door on? You're like, nope, locking the door on that. Not coming back to that. It's done. I uh, will not let that into my life. Whether it's health, um, I have fear of health, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna discuss it. I'm just shutting the door on that. I, I'm scared. Uh, whether it's a lack of control or unknown future or, you know, loss of loved ones, like I said, um, these are just some things that my family has talked about. For me, it's fear of man. I'm. Uh, this is the last time I'm gonna be preaching in a while, and uh, let me just say this: fear is a liar. Fear is absolutely a liar, but Jesus will tell you the truth all the time. And so Jesus is the person you need to spend time with. So here's here's really the thing. They were scared of the Jews, fear of the Jews. They were scared of really corrupt authority, corrupt leadership. And I think in our day and age, um, even the situation we find ourselves in, I think a lot of people are scared of their leaders and are they telling us the truth? And is there corruption there? And are they going to hurt me or harm me or kill me? Um, these guys were f- afraid that the Jews were going to come kill them like Jesus Christ was killed by the religious leaders. So here's the deal. The setup is there. Um, I hope that the application of this message, I just want to say this right at the start, will be that you will open up God's word, that you will open up your heart, and that you will talk and listen to Jesus, that you'll spend some time with him. What can you expect from Jesus when things are uncertain and when you are in fear? Well, here it is. Um, Just look at it right here. In just a short time, Jesus has these disciples, these people, uh, hugely encouraged. So when I spend time with Jesus, I am encouraged and empowered to live like him. When I spend time with Jesus, I'm encouraged and empowered to live for him. Here's what we're going after, church. Look at how Jesus encourages them in the scriptures. And not only is he encouraging them, but he's encouraging us today. If you got alone with God in prayer this week and he spoke to you, uh, just like he was with Mary Magdalene, I pray that you are in this spot where Jesus has encouraged you. But if he hasn't, hey, you got this week, and you can open up the Word, and you can spend some time in prayer, and let's get after it together. Um, here's the first thing. Look at how Jesus encourages them. Uh, Jesus does this. Jesus stands with me. See it in the text. 
all these action words. Verse 19, Jesus came and stood among them. Jesus came and stood among them. So, you know, Jesus passed through a locked door. (laughs) That's a glorified body I want. And Jesus stood among them. He came into their midst, into their presence, and he said, hey, peace be still. And so Jesus stands with me. I think of this, uh, you know, for them, it was physically. He stood in the midst of them. But for us, it's a spiritual thing. You could spend time with Jesus. Jesus is always willing and ready to be with you. So spend some time with him this week. Despite all my fears, despite all my failures, despite all the times I've forsaken or I've run away from God, Jesus still stands with me. Did you hear that, kids? No matter what, Jesus is with you. Hey, did you hear that, adults? I think sometimes we want the kids to hear it. Jesus is with me. No matter what you're going through right now, this week, this day, Jesus is with you. Man, that encourages me. And I know we're going through a lot as a church. Jesus is with us, church. (laughs) Be encouraged. Not only that, number two, Jesus stands with me. Uh, Number two, Jesus speaks peace over me. Jesus speaks peace over me. Look at, continue in verse 19. Jesus said to them, peace be with you. Peace, this word oneness, together, peace, shalom in the Hebrew, peace be with you. And, uh, you know, I think so many times we're just uh, wrapped up in fear and uh, no matter what we're scared of, but Jesus would say to us, peace. He said it in John 14, 27, write that down. You can go back and look at that. That's when he was talking to his disciples in the upper room there. And then he said it again in chapter 16, 33, verse 33 of John chapter 16. But here, I wrote down this verse. This is Romans 5, 1. Maybe it's clearly stated here. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The only way we have peace, loved ones, is through Jesus. We don't have peace by changing our circumstances or situations. We have peace by looking to Jesus. And Jesus speaks peace over me and you. Um, A passage of scripture that I've been going through and finding peace uh, is uh, Philippians 4. Our elders have spent some time there too. Philippians 4, uh, verse 7 in particular, talks about peace. But you just read that in the midst of a trial, choosing peace, looking to peace. So Jesus encourages me. Uh, Jesus stands with me. Jesus speaks peace over me. And this last thing, look what he does next in verse 20. Jesus shows me his power over death. And we've been in this resurrection passage for now three weeks. This is our third week. But look at what he says. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and he showed them his side. It says then when he showed them, right? Jesus shows us his power over death. Church. Do you recognize, do you realize the power Jesus has to save you today? Not only spiritually, but to save you from anything you're facing, anything you're afraid of. Just let's be reminded of that. Let's be encouraged by that. And Jesus says, hey, look at my hands. Look at my feet. Look at the proof. Look at what John said. Look at what Peter said. Look at what the two guys on the road to Emmaus said. You have to go look at Luke 24, a parallel passage. Look at what Mary and the other women said. I'm here with you. Look at me. And he said to the disciples, look at my hands and my side. 
And you know what the disciples did? Uh, Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. See, the outcome of seeing the Lord and this evidence, the outcome is joy. It's joy. We're so full of joy when we see Jesus and believe him for who he truly is. Nothing in this world can thwart what we know to be true about Jesus, our Lord and Savior. They were glad. It says in another uh, translation, they rejoiced. They were overjoyed. They were filled with joy. There's no more fear. There's lasting joy. I'm going to ask you again, church, to go back and read John 15 and 16 because it talks about that joy in abiding with Jesus. So go back and read that again this week, John 15 and 16. Now that they believe that Jesus is alive, And I pray that you will believe that too today. Jesus recommissions them. So we're going to spend the rest of our time not just looking at how Jesus encourages us, but how Jesus empowers us to live for him. So let's look at that. Look how Jesus empowers the disciples and the others in the room on this day, right here, Resurrection Sunday, but then how he does it to us today. Here it is. Look at it, verse 21. Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. He reiterates the peace because they hadn't heard it because they didn't believe. (laughs) Go again, reference uh, Luke 24 for that uh, understanding. But he gets here and he says, Jesus empowers them. Here's how he empowers them. Jesus sends me to show his love. Jesus says, um, I'm sending you just like the Father sent me. So, As the Father sent me, even so I'm sending you. How did the Father send Jesus? John 3.16, one of the verses that every kid will be familiar with. Every adult's probably memorized. For God so loved the world. He loved the world that he sent his only son. So that if we believe in him, we'll have eternal life in his name. Now just think about that. He sent Jesus on a love mission. It makes me think of 1 John 3 and 1 John 4. He sent Jesus on a love mission. And you know what he's doing with us, church? He's sending us to show his love. He's recommissioning them to show the message and, and tell the message of love. And he's recommissioning us. Now, I want to apply this practically to your life. Um, I want to state to you that I've been encouraged and empowered by some people in our church. I've received text of encouragement and they've empowered me. I've received messages, letters, notes of encouragement. I've received gifts. Last night on our front porch was a a love package, a love gift from somebody in our church, and they snuck out to our place, and they set something on our doorstop, and I just got to tell you how that raises your spirits, even in a time where you can't be together. And the note of encouragement that was written even meals, you can share meals and people go, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 COVID, COVID-19, a second, hold on. Hey, the truth of the matter is somebody came to our house, prepared us a meal, went in harm's way just because they wanted to be with us and they sat with us and they ate dinner. I'm not saying we were cavalier, we took precautions, we washed our hands, we did all the things we should do. But guys, if we have a message of love, Ladies, if we have a message of love, kids, if we have a message of love, then we have to share that message with other people, and Jesus empowers us to do that. Now, you don't have to do that by going and seeing somebody personally. You could do it online. You could do it through texts, messages, 
But we have to be the love of Christ. So how can we love the one, one another and the world right now? How can we love one another right now? What are some ideas you have, church? What are some ideas you have, family? And how can we love the world around us, our neighbors right now? God not only sent Jesus, but he also empowered him and us with the Holy Spirit. So that's the next point. Now that Jesus empowers us, he sends me to show his love. Praise the Lord. Let's show the love of Christ. But then he does this. Jesus fills me to share his spirit or his truth. Uh, the spirit is truth, and you can see that in John 16, 13. Jesus fills me to share his truth. So look at how he fills them up. Verse 22, and when he had said this, he breathed. He breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine being there? Jesus breathed. What does this remind you of, church? Bible scholars, if you've been to Genesis, Genesis 2-7, what does it say in Genesis 2-7? How did uh, God start this all? Then the Lord God formed the man from, of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Jesus is, <laughs> that's Old Covenant, that's Old Testament. Jesus is now in the New Testament saying, hey, here's a new breath. Yeah, I know Satan took you. I know Satan... Uh, twisted you all up. I know you sinned of your own accord, but here it is. I'm breathing back life into you. It's the new covenant now, church. It's what John, uh, Jesus was trying to explain in John chapter three to Nicodemus when he said, hey, it's like the wind. It's like a breath. The spirit is going to come and it's going to move wherever it wishes. And Jesus wishes to blow the spirit on these disciples. And Jesus is going to wish at Pentecost, this is Acts chapter 1, to blow that wind in such a mighty way that it makes a big ruckus and 3,000 people get saved. What's Jesus blowing on you? How is the Jesus empowering you with the Holy Spirit today and with the truth of his word today? Church, look back at John chapter 7. I remember when we were there not that long ago, and he, he said these words, On the last day of the feast, the great day, chapter 7, verse 37, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. This is the key, verse 39. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believe in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus now walking through a door, a locked door, in his glorified body, breathes the Spirit on these guys, and he says, hey, this is the Spirit in your life. Now go share this truth with others. Uh, chapter 16, verse 13 says this. Chapter 16, verse 13 says this. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Hey, Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit and he's given us the Holy Spirit that we might declare the things that are to come. Hey, 
We need to share Jesus without fear. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We have the truth inside of us. We have the truth of the Word of God. You can go over to Galatians chapter 5 where it talks about the Holy Spirit and the steps of the Holy Spirit and walking in the Spirit. That might be really encouraging to you this week. Either way, whatever you do, I just got to say this. Jesus sends me to show his love. Jesus fills me to share his truth through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus uses me to spread the gospel. Now look at this last verse. It's so astounding that when they receive this Holy Spirit, he says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now, if you get proud about that and you say, whoa, look at, look at me, uh, I, I get to say you're forgiven or you're not. I get to say I'm withholding forgiveness from you um, and, and not from you. Here's the thing. Somebody said this uh, last week, and I firmly believe it. I've, I've thought about it. I've searched the scriptures. As followers of Jesus Christ, we have no right to be offended. We have no right to have any offense. Because Jesus gives us the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus forgives us freely, and we are to forgive others freely. So, we are to announce the good news. We are to, Jesus uses us to spread the gospel, and we are to announce the good news. We are to declare, to proclaim, to announce the forgiveness of sins. Now, I want to say it this way. This is a commentator. I think this is the best way I can say it, because this verse can be very confusing. The commission to forgive sins is phrased in an unusual construction in the Greek here. Literally, it is those whose sins you forgive have already been forgiven. Those whose sins you do not forgive have not been forgiven. So here's the point. God does not forgive people's sins because we decide to do so. Nor does he withhold forgiveness because we will not grant it. We announce forgiveness. We do not create forgiveness. Jesus created the forgiveness. Jesus paid for our sins. He is forgiveness. This is the essence of the salvation. This is the essence of the gospel. And all who proclaim the gospel are in effect forgiving or not forgiving sins, depending on whether the hearer accepts or rejects the Lord Jesus as the sin bearer. This is what a commentator says, and I want to apply it to you practically now. Um, what does this look like in the church? Uh, today we were supposed to have a baptism service if we were all together, and I look forward to doing that with you. But practically, when we baptize somebody, we're basically saying, your sins are forgiven. You're like, well, Jesus already forgave him. I know, I know. But we're standing up in front of people, and you're standing up in front of somebody if you're being baptized, and you're saying, hey, Jesus has forgiven my sins. And we're confirming that you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Doesn't that remind you of the mission? Go, baptize, and teach. That's what Jesus told us to do in Matthew 28, 18 and 20. And now he's saying it here in his own way. If you forgive sins of any, they are forgiven and if you withhold forgiveness from any, they're withheld. So here it is, church. We are supposed to announce and declare the forgiveness, the gospel. It's free. It's the good news. It's good news that we're forgiven personally. And it's good news that other people are forgiven as well. Share that forgiveness with others. Spread it all around.
And when people accept that, you know what happens? Boldness. Boldness in our lives and boldness in the lives of those that are forgiven. We no longer live in fear because we're bold. The righteous are as bold as a lion, it says in Proverbs. What comes out of these statements that Jesus made if you take them to heart? That Jesus sends me to show his love, that Jesus fills me to share his truth, and that Jesus uses me to spread the gospel. What comes out of these statements from Jesus when I take it to heart is boldness. And I just want you to write down Acts 3 and 4. I can't take any more time from you right now to go there, but Acts 3 and 4 talk about the fact that these men who are so scared they locked the door to get away from the authorities were now out there boldly proclaiming Jesus Christ. And when the authorities arrested them and threw them into prison, they said, hey, listen, whether it's right for us to preach or not, God must decide, not you. Look at the boldness of that in Acts 3 and 4. To close, I just want to ask you a series of questions. If you would open up your heart to these questions right now, just, just think now. Jesus is right there with you. Just think of it as he's asking you, not me. Have I personally met Jesus? Have you personally met Jesus? Do you have a personal relationship with him? Has Jesus changed my life? Has he changed your life? Can you look back and see a difference? This, do I have joy because he's with me? See, I should have a lot of joy because Jesus encourages me with his presence. And I just want to ask, do you have joy through even this season of hardship in our church and this season of hardship uh, in our world? And then the last question, am I on a mission for Jesus right now? Folks, he's empowered us to be on mission, even with this hardship of COVID-19, even with this, uh, you know, we can't gather together as a church. Maybe you're not seeing people as much. We need to be on mission. We need to go. We need to baptize. We need to teach. That forgiveness is free and that Jesus is the source of that forgiveness. Church, just want to say this to you. You're forgiven. I'm forgiven. And we can move forward in that freedom. If you want to read more about that, Galatians chapter 5 is a good place to go. Church, I want to pray for you right now. Father God, in Jesus' name, I pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will encourage everyone listening to my voice right now that Jesus is right there with them, that he loves them very much, and that they have joy. Just instill joy in them right now. God, put it right in their heart. God, may they spend time with you. Jesus, may they spend time with you. Spirit, may they spend time with you this week so they might refocus on that encouragement and that they might be empowered to be on mission. And God, I pray that you will give them boldness because of the time they've spent with you and that you'll change them and their outlook on life forever. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. You are loved.
Christ exalted us. 